Jonathan Ransom knocked the ice from his goggles and stared up at the sky. If this gets any worse, he thought to himself, we're going to be in trouble. The snow was falling harder. A snarling wind snapped ice and grit against his cheek. The craggy, familiar peaks that ringed the high alpine valley had disappeared behind an armada of threatening clouds. He lifted one ski, then the next, leaning forward as he climbed the slope. Nylon sealskins attached to the underside of his skis gripped the snow. Touring bindings granted him a walking stride. He was a tall man, thirty-seven years old, slim at the waist and broad-shouldered. A snug woolen cap hid a thatch of prematurely graying hair. Glacier goggles shielded wine-black eyes. Only a determined mouth and cheeks rough with a two-day stubble were visible. He wore his old ski patrolman's jacket. He never climbed without it. Below him, his wife, Emma, clad in a red parka and black pants, labored up the mountainside. Her pace was erratic. She climbed three steps, then rested. Two steps, then rested. They'd only just passed the halfway point, and already she looked done in. Jonathan turned his skis perpendicular to the hill and rammed his poles into the snow. Stay put! he shouted through cupped hands. He waited for an acknowledgement, but his wife hadn't heard him over the howling wind. Head lowered, she continued her unsteady ascent. Jonathan sidestepped his way down the slope. It was steep and narrow, bordered on one side by a sheer rock face, and on the other by a plunging ravine. Far below, perched on a sweeping hillside, the village of Arosa in the eastern Swiss canton of Graubünden was intermittently visible, winking from beneath the strata of fast-moving clouds. Was it always this hard? Emma asked when he reached her side. Last time you beat me to the top. Last time was eight years ago. I'm getting old. Yeah, thirty-two, a regular dinosaur. Just wait till you're my age, then it's really all downhill. He dug into his day pack for a bottle of water and handed it to her. How are you feeling? Half dead, she said, hunching over her poles. Time to call the Sherpas. Wrong country. Here they have gnomes. They're smarter, but not half as strong. We're on our own. Sure about that? Jonathan nodded. You're just overheating. Take your cap off for a minute and drink as much as you can. Yes, doctor. Right away. Emma removed her woolen cap and drank thirstily from the bottle. In his mind, Jonathan had a picture of her on the same mountain eight years earlier. It was their first climb together. He, the newly minted surgeon, fresh from his first posting in Africa with Doctors Without Borders. She, the willful English nurse he'd brought back as his bride. Before they started out, he'd asked her if she'd climbed much before. A little, she'd answered. Nothing too serious. In short order, she'd clobbered him to the top, showing off the skills of an expert alpinist. That's better, said Emma, running a hand through her untamed auburn hair. You sure? Emma smiled, but her hazel eyes were rimmed with fatigue. I'm sorry, she said. For what? For not being as fit as I should be, for slowing us down, for not coming with you these last few years. Don't be silly. I'm just glad you're here. Emma lifted her face and kissed him.
Me too. Look, he said more seriously, it's getting ugly out here. I'm thinking maybe we ought to turn back. Emma tossed the bottle to him. No way, Buster. I beat you up this hill once. Watch me do it again. You willing to put money on that? Something better. Oh, yeah? Jonathan took a drink, thinking that it was good to hear her talking trash again. How long had it been? Six months? A year, even, since the headaches had begun and Emma had taken to disappearing into dark rooms for hours at a time. He wasn't sure of the date, only that it was before Paris, and Paris had been back in July. Pulling back his sleeve, he ran through the functions on his Sunto wristwatch. Altitude, 9,200 feet. Temperature, minus 10 degrees Celsius. Barometer, 900 millibars and falling. He stared at the numbers, not quite believing his eyes. The pressure was dropping through the floor. What is it? Emma asked. Jonathan stuffed the water bottle into his rucksack. The storm's going to get worse before it gets better. We need to make tracks. You sure you don't want to go back? Emma shook her head. No pride this time. Just resolve. All right, then, he said. You lead. I'll be on your tail. Give me a second to adjust my bindings. Kneeling, Jonathan watched as a track of snow tumbled over the tips of his skis. In seconds, the skis were covered. The tips began to quiver, and he forgot all about the bindings. Warily, he rose. Above his shoulder, the Furga Nordvond, a wall of rock and ice, shot a thousand feet to a craggy limestone summit. Prevailing winds had piled loose snow against the base of the wall, forming a high, broad embankment that appeared choked and unstable, loaded in the mountaineer's parlance.